I've said it before, I'll say it again. This is not a factual podcast. This is an experience podcast. I cannot recommend enough the dining hall at Carlton. It was amazing. It's quite early in the day, but um, it's still a riot. I think the dinosaurs might have been in that one. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Canadian Undergraduate Experience Podcast, where I'm going to be chatting with current university students about their admissions process, student life, academics, and more. Before we jump right into today's call, I want to quickly mention that all guests on the show speak only from their own experience and cannot speak for other people in their programs or at their schools. Obviously, you should never make any important decisions based solely off of these episodes or any one source, and you should always make sure to do your own research. With that out of the way, today's guest is Vittoria, who goes to Carleton University and is studying mechanical engineering. Let's give her a call. Hi, Vittoria. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Rachel. Thanks so much for having me on. This is super cool. What school do you go to? Um, So I'm I'm in mechanical engineering, second year at Carleton University here in Ottawa, Ontario. Are you from Ottawa? Yes, I grew up in Ottawa, elementary school, high school, everything in Ottawa, yes. Why did you want to go to university in Ottawa? Um, well, it wasn't really the university being in Ottawa that attracted me to Carleton. It was more the programs themselves, and I really liked the environment at Carleton. And the, I don't know, the campus was great, and I went to visit other universities, uh, and I don't know, it just... It was more the draw of the university rather than the, the draw of um, the city. If I could have moved elsewhere, I probably would have. But so then, I didn't. what was special enough about Carleton that made you want to stay? Um, well, it was just a great. It was a great campus. It was a. It was, I guess, relatively small in size, and it was like close knit enough that it kind of felt like a, like a part of the city, but like a separate part of the city. Like many universities their campuses are like right integrated into the um, middle of the city, but Carleton's is kind of outside of that. So it's its own little bubble, which was really nice. And the vibe on campus was really, really cool. And it was really nice. It was really fun and exciting. And it was like more like, oh, I'm here to learn and I'm excited to learn rather than I need to get the best grades in the world. Yeah. Or, I'm super stressed about everything. Big difference so, in attitude from some of the other schools. Exactly. So it was just a good, a nice fit, I think, for me. And do you still feel like all of those, like, senses that you got of, like, the student body and the kind of attitude kind of held true and, like, were true when you actually were there? Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, it's a little bit different this year because everything is online. But, like, last year, the vibe on campus was great. It was everything that I kind of that I got from the university tours and stuff and so it was yeah it was great and even online it's still kind of like that but in a different way it's more um it's more like through social media and stuff that we interact with each other but yeah do you think that the students kind of have like a work hard play hard attitude or are they kind of relaxed about both or like how would you describe their kind of way that they live (laughs) Um, So I guess uh, it really depends on the program that you're in and the kind of person you are. Because, I mean, you could be in engineering and study hard and play hard, but you could also be in engineering and, like, no play whatsoever, but study super hard. So it really depends, and especially in engineering, I've noticed a wide variety of people. 
um, just because engineering, at least at Carleton, engineering kind of has its own community. So we have our own musical, we have our own little coffee shop. So it's it's kind of separate in ways, like still integrated into Carleton, but like a little nook, I guess. Did you participate in any of those engineering specific things? Um, yeah, I've done a couple things within engineering. I've done, I'm, this is my second year doing the musical, which is a lot of fun. So if anybody's interested in musical theater and loves engineering, it's a, it's a fun time. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I was, I've also participated in Frosh as a facilitator, um, last year. And I hope to do that again this year coming. So, yeah. So if anyone listening is going in for fall 2021, you can be... (laughs) That would be fun. I, st- I still need to do the interview and stuff, but yeah, yeah. What kind of activities would you run for them? Like, what's in Frosh? Um, so Enchfrosh is a week-long, fun-filled um, thing just to introduce everybody into into engineering, into the Carleton community, and and it's a great way to like meet new people, meet some of your friends who are in your ear. Um, but also meet upper years who, you know, you can go to for advice about classes, about textbooks, all that kind of stuff. And so there's a lot of things that we do in Enchfrosh. It's a lot of fun. And so um, when I was in Frosh, we had a, which was pre-COVID, we had a boat building competition, which was awesome. And we had a scavenger hunt that ran all week, which was all over Ottawa. So you'd go out and try to find these QR codes and stuff. And then um, this past year, which everything was online, we had a whole bunch of um, Minecraft building competitions, and we had an RC car race, um, which was all virtual and stuff, and it was a lot of fun too, so yeah. Oh my gosh, first of all, what's a boat building competition? (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly what you think when you think of engineering. It's it's you gathered with like your... uh, um, just a premise for Frosh, we're all like split up into like different teams and we like kind of compete compete in these things. What are the teams? So, like, the boat, so every every year it's a different it's a different um, uh, theme for Enchfrosh. So this year it was like the terrific tales of Enchfrosh. So it was um <laughs> so we had like lumber folk, gear folk, frost folk, um, what else do we have? Oh we had a whole bunch. And then we had last year um, I don't remember exactly what the whole theme was, but it was all, um, so I was on the cleaning team. No, I was on the cooking team, <laughs> but there was also a cleaning team. And, oh man, I, I think there was like a flying team. Anyway, so it was, it was a lot of fun. And so when you're split up into these teams, you do all these activities. And then at the end of the week, you can like win prizes. So your team can win like um, the boat building competition or whatever. And in the boat building competition, you have, um, so you're given a whole bunch of different materials and some of that material you can buy at a store and stuff. And then you put a boat together and you try <laughs> to make it float. And then you put four members of your team in it no. and row across, across Dow's Lake. It's what great. if it sinks? <laughs> <laughs> Many sink, which is why you go in the shallow end. <laughs> which is why you take engineering afterwards and learn how to build yes, a boat. <laughs> you learn buoyancy <laughs> oh my gosh but um about the teams how big is like one team it i think it varies year by year because we don't always have like the same number of frosh every year so when i um when i was in when i was a frosh 
Um, I think we had like 30 people on our team, maybe more. So do you get to know, do you get to know that group? Like, is that kind of the people that you meet in the first week? Yeah. But like, you also meet a lot of, uh, like you can interact with like the other teams and stuff. And like I had, I knew a couple people on the other teams just through, not necessarily through university, but then because of that, you kind of meet the people on their teams too. And so like, you know, and, and going into it, there was also a lot of like group chats and stuff before even going into university, which, um, which was, which was great because you kind of get to meet people meet <laughs> virtually. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, you, but you can interact with everybody and then it's, it's I don't know, just a big party <laughs> for a week. I feel like the other big way at the beginning to meet people has got to be residents. Did you get to live in residence? Yeah, I, I did get to live in residence. And that was that was great. Um, I I am from Ottawa, which is uh, which is kind of weird considering that I went into residence. But I did go into residence for exactly that reason to meet people and to have, I guess, the full university experience. Yeah. Which resident? If you don't mind saying, which residence were you in? Oh yeah, sure. I was in um, I was in Dundas, which yeah. So it's um it's it's kind of combined with another residence. Like they're in kind of the same building, but like they're separated um, with Stormont. And I think, I think that's like, so my residence specifically, it was two rooms um, shared one bathroom. And then there were two people per room. It's probably different for COVID right now, but at the time it was like that. Yeah. And was was it okay living with another person in a double room? (laughs) Yeah, it was fine. I mean, I think, I mean, they have a pretty good um, process for trying to find your roommate. And I I think I did really luck out with my roommate and we did get along. Um, And I think, like, the best situation to be in is that you're, like, friendly with each other. And, you know, you get to know each other a little bit beforehand. But, like, also you don't really know the person going into it. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's good. And they have, like, a pretty good vetting process for kind of, or finding you a roommate yeah Yeah. do you remember what the process was for like getting a room and getting a roommate yeah so on um i like i don't know it was like the website like the carlton residence website i completely forget what it was it was over a year ago um so on that website you go in and then you pick like i think it's like your top three choices or something of res and then hopefully you'll get your top choice and they also have a whole bunch of information on uh, the websites of each res and like all the uh, like what they have in each residence, what they have on each floor, what's in each room. They have pictures of the rooms and stuff, which was really helpful. And then once you go into that portal, you get to do like a little survey, basically talk, telling them about yourself and then telling them what you would like in a roommate. So like, are you neat? Are are you a messy person? Um, <laughs> Do you make a lot of noise? Like, like all those things that you really wouldn't think about, but would be really annoying if you didn't, yeah. if you weren't like that. And then you kind of get matched with somebody who's kind of similar to you. And then, yeah, and then that's how you kind of meet. Yeah. Do you get to know anyone else on your floor? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, you're living with the, you're living, it's like living in an apartment building. You're going to get, you're going to get to meet your neighbors um, in some way. And at Carleton, and I guess at most universities, they also have uh, res fellows. So res fellows basically help out with that, like, whole moving in process. 
and they also like kind of have fun little events for you to meet new people on your floor and stuff so on like the first or second night there was like like just like a bonding night thing and then like a couple people showed up and then you get to talk to people on your floor and yeah that's really cute yeah it was fun what about also in residence um like how does things like laundry work so um the laundry in my residence um so at carlton there's a bunch of tunnels so preface that what do you mean tunnels so we have like these tunnels that go from basically all the residences to basically all the buildings on campus so in winter you don't get to walk outside you can just stay indoors that's Which is great. amazing, considering it gets freezing. Yes, <laughs> considering it's, and it's also pretty breezy, considering we're right next to, like, the canal and stuff. So, yeah, so it was very useful. Um, but, so my laundry was downstairs in that area. I didn't actually do laundry there, because I just come home on the weekends and then do my laundry and then go back. Um, just because I didn't really want to pay for it, but, you know, you can if you want to. And the laundries are pretty good they have a system where you get a text when your laundry's finished um and yeah so you just like put your campus card in and then you do your time like the how long do you want it to go for and then you get a text when it's done and how do you yeah. like what account are you paying for that for on your campus card yeah so you get on your campus card you get like a, a voucher for um i think i think it's like a so you get some money from Carlton that I think is to pay for that kind of thing. So um, your uh, your laundry and then like other stuff like that. I'm not a hundred percent sure, so don't quote me on this. Like printing <laughs> but, and stuff, you think? Yeah, yeah. So I think you get some money already from Carlton from that, and then you or you know your parents or whatever can add money to that account or not to that account, but to another account that's associated with your campus card, which is for buying like school supplies, books, you know, all that kind of stuff, which was very useful. And then, um, and then also on your campus card, if you have a meal plan, that's going to be attached to your campus card. So anytime you go into the cafeteria, you swipe your card and then you get to go in and eat. Let's talk about the calf. Is there only one dining hall? Yeah, so there's only one dining hall. All the all the residences at Carlton are really close together. Like I think from one from mine, which was one of the last ones, to like the opposite end was like a two minute walk or a three minute walk. So it was That's like nice. all really clustered together. And the dining hall was also really big, but it was often full, especially after like six o'clock because that's when a lot of classes end. So it would get super full. And then it'd slowly empty out. Yeah. So like, and what's what's the deal with the dining hall? Is the food good? Like, how do you pay for it? Ten like, <laughs> out of ten. Woo! Man, that food was delicious. Cannot recommend enough the dining hall at Carlton. It was amazing. They'd have they'd have like a lot of like rotating dishes, um, but like they had basically twenty four hour breakfast, so you could get like sausages, eggs, all that kind of stuff. They had fresh baked muffins in the mornings, which was phenomenal. And then they always had, you know, fruit, oranges, cookies, and well, cookies not a fruit, but they always had cookies <laughs> <Pretty> much. out. <laughs> and um, yeah, all that stuff. It was like you could even go. Uh, 
with I mean it depends on your meal plan but sometimes I'd go and I'd just dash in grab a banana and an apple and then just walk to class yeah so is but, it just yeah. unlimited you can go in as many times as you want yeah that's really um, that, awesome. Uh, it is really dependent, though, on your meal plan. With res, you're also paying for the unlimited meal plan that's included in the cost of residence, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, so yeah, so you can just go in any time. You can go in as many times as you want a day. You didn't have to pay extra for going in or anything. And if you don't, if you have a meal plan um, that's like, like the $500 a month ones or, you know, the separate ones that you actually pay for yourself um, that's not included in residence it's um it's so you pay by the so every time you go in you swipe and then you pay to go in but it's also like it's it's um but like you know like you pay once and then you can just stay there and eat but that's not the normal one that's like yeah, that's like another option. That's for like that's that options for like people that aren't in res because the res meal plan is like the unlimited one where right. you can go in as many times a day. You don't technically pay. I mean, you pay with your residence. Yeah, the residence meal plan is the grab a banana and an apple. One. Yeah, and just <laughs> Got like it. yeah. Okay, um, and do you think? Did you find that people used the dining hall as like kind of a hangout space too, like where they just like met up with people or like studied or anything? Yeah, um, sometimes. I think it was really difficult to study in there, like, depending on the day, um, just because, like, at certain times there was always a rush of people, and it was often difficult to find just a seat. Um, but, yeah, and it was it, it was a great place to just, like, you know, hang out after class or something. Like, oftentimes you'd go right before an exam, or you'd meet up with people. You'd go there and just be, like, like studying for, like, five <laughs> extra minutes. <laughs> And then go go off to your exam and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you find? If that wasn't the best study spot, what were some good study spots on campus? I mean, the library is, I think, probably the best study spot on campus. But also in residences, they have these like separate rooms. So they have like a TV room and um, basically like a lounge area and stuff. But they also have these study rooms that you can just go in there and sit and study. And it's pretty quiet usually and then yeah but the library I think was probably the best spot to study on campus is it very big it is it's it's has a lot of floors and a lot of those floors are like quiet floors so you can't really talk or anything on there which is great when you're studying alone and then um but they had like these floors on the upper 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 levels um that were just um that were like these big areas and they had like five or six desks like kind of clumped together and you could like move them around and stuff so you could like have a little study group it's great and they also have study rooms that you can rent out and then um and then go there and study with people if you want do people study in groups for engineering classes yeah i mean i did a lot of study um with other people in engineering and in first year especially not so much in second year but in first year a lot of the classes that you like mo- basically all the classes you take are going to be the exact same regardless of what kind of engineering you're in and um so there i think there was only one class that was different between mine and my friends in environmental engineering so it was um it was pretty much all the same yeah so what about let's talk about specifically classes that you took for first year engineering i want to hear were those good bad medium (laughs) Um, well i guess it depends on what you like uh, so basically the four, 
we call them E-Core, um, which is like the engineering core classes that you need to take. And um, so there was one in electrics, electrical stuff. So like circuits, resistors, inductors, all that fun stuff, series in parallel, whatever. And then there was a coding class, which was all about computers. You learned how to do Python and all that fun stuff. And then there was statics, which is, um, which is the physics of everything involving bridges, anything that's not moving. We were studying that kind of, that physics. <laughs> and then there was dynamics, which um, incorporated kind of two different topics, uh, which we studied CAD, so like engineering drawing, as well as um, AutoCAD, so 3D, 3D modeling and stuff um, on uh, computers and stuff. So you kind of learned how to make a 3D model of a pen or whatever you wanted to do, that kind of thing. And then dynamics is the study of physics in motion. So a car moving or a ball dropping, a pendulum, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So were all of these classes pre kind of pre-decided for you? Yeah, I think I only, I got to choose two classes. Um, I only got two electives in my first year, and I'm not going to get another elective until my fourth year for <laughs> engineering. Oh my gosh, what electives did you decide to take? Well, so, so basically you have a choice from a list. So you have to choose one uh, complementary study elective, which is anything from dinosaurs to ethics and philosophy and that kind of stuff. And then you had to do um, a science elective, which is like physics or, or actually, I think the dinosaurs might have been in that one, but <laughs> not 100% sure. Anyways, yeah, so I chose to do physics for my science elective and then ethics for my other elective. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Um, So if you're doing a lot of these classes as all the engineers together, were they really massive classes? Yeah, they were big classes. I think um, my smallest class was probably the class that was just mechanical engineering engineering students. And that was ECOR 1056, which is basically when they bring experts from your specific engineering in and they talk to you about their... Um, about their jobs, what they do, everything related to your engineering uh, stream. So if you're an environmental, they might bring in a guy that works with Environment Canada, you know, I don't know, guy that builds windmills, (laughs) (laughs) stuff like that. For for mechanical, we had a guy come in who was uh, an an engineer on a submarine. So he talked about all that stuff, which was really cool. Yeah, a lot of different things. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what type of evaluation do you have on these big kind of first year classes? Do you have like lab work or is it just like big tests at the end of the year and stuff? Um, yeah, so you do have lab work and you also have a group project in each of those classes. I think they, they have since changed the curriculum for engineering. So now those, those four classes that I was talking about are now split into eight classes i'm not really 100 percent sure how it works because i that was not the program that i went that i did um but yeah so we had like a project 
which was a group project for each of those courses, and you'd work in like teams of three or four or something, and you'd mostly be designing something. So for 1054, which was the CAD and Dynamics course, we had to take a tool and reconstruct it in AutoCAD, make it a, make a 3D model of it on a computer. And, and then for 1053, which is statics, um, we had to design a bridge and we had to calculate all the forces on all the trusses and <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So how important would you say being able to work in a group is for engineering students? Um, I think it's pretty important. And you're going to be using that a lot in, in uh, the industry as well. And so like, they really stress the fact that you need to be able to work in a group cohesively because it's not that you're marked individually, you're marked as a group. So you need to have that communication and you need to have that understanding of where everybody's at to actually be able to do well on the project. Sure. And a lot of your mark is based on that group project. So I think for at least two or three of my classes, it was at least like 30% of my grade. Wow. Yeah. So it can make a difference. Yeah. How have you found the marking in general? Have you found it like pretty fair and pretty similar to high school? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's similar to high school. Uh, I think it's, I think it's quite different. It's just because the, the university experience, right, is a little different and they mark things a little differently. And I mean, it's different online. Again, I'm just going to say that because it's, I mean, I haven't been in an actual classroom since March. So my, my memory is kind of fuzzy on that. Um, but yeah, for most of the math courses, it was basically the same thing. They just grade your work. Um, and they like, you get part marks and stuff for your work and stuff. And that's probably the same for, uh, that was basically the same for every other, um, one of my classes, but you might have like multiple choice exams and stuff in which you actually, like, they don't mark you for your work. They just mark you for the final, um, answer, which is what they do for most exams. And Um, in, in general, how have you found that you're, kind of professors treat students like do you think that um in general they really want to see you succeed and like want to form a connection with you or are they just kind of like ugh? (laughs) again I think it really depends on the professor I mean I've had some professors who really don't seem to enjoy teaching and just don't don't really want to have anything to do with students and again that could be because everything's online and it's been more this year than it was last year but there were a couple professors that kind of seemed like that last year um, but m- many of the professors, a lot of the professors really enjoy what they're doing. And if they're really passionate about what they're doing, it's going to make it, it's really going to make a big impact on you because, you know, it's going to change what you would want to study and stuff like that, just because of what they're so passionate about. So, yeah. Okay. This is a little bit of like an unrelated question, but it's just something I've been thinking about as you've been talking about engineering. Can you like okay. really quickly describe the different types of engineering just like for people who like aren't engineers like me like just what's the difference between each one okay so there's a lot of streams so if I forget a stream I'm very sorry (laughs) okay so I'm just gonna list them off um so there's electrical which basically deals with anything like in a computer you're gonna have to have a circuit board they're gonna figure out how all that works and then 
Also, I'm not a very big expert on each stream of engineering, so... Oh, don't <laughs> worry. This is... I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is not a factual podcast. This is an experience podcast. Yes. <laughs> okay, and then we have a computer engineer. And that person's usually going to deal with anything computer hardware related. So um, how the processor in a computer works, that kind of thing. And then you also have mechanical, which is my stream. And basically we deal with like moving parts of objects. So in a car, we're going to deal with like the, the spokes and making sure that everything's working correctly and that the gears are shifting correctly and stuff like that. Um, an environmental engineer is probably going to focus more on um, the effects of different things on the environment and how that can be helped by technology. So maybe inventing a windmill. And for a project such as that, that would probably involve a lot of different streams. So it might involve like mechanical as well as other things. Um, and then for there's a program at Carleton called SHRI, which is Sustainable and Renewable Energy Engineering. I'm not quite sure um, specifically what they do, but they are within the environmental stream, um, but separate. Aerospace engineering is kind of is very much like mechanical, but it's focused on airplanes. So it's going to be focusing more on like um, on how the the draft will affect the wing, and if they're going to have to account for the forces of that and stuff like that. And then what else? I know I'm forgetting a bunch. Um, don't worry, that was good. What about once you're in one of those? Do you? I don't know if you know this, but can you switch between engineering streams? Yes, you can switch, but it is very difficult to switch. And what I heard going into um, going into my first year, and what I think is a good way to put it is, depending on your stream, it's going to be easier or harder to switch programs. I heard, I, when I was applying, um, I was thinking of applying to civil, but I decided to apply to mechanical um, for a couple different reasons. But one of the, one of the reasons being that um, it's easier to switch from mechanical to civil than it is to switch from civil to mechanical. And that's, I'm not really sure why, because you're basically taking the same courses in the first year, but the admissions grade point average might affect that. And I think the mechanical one, it could have changed since I applied, but the mechanical one was a little bit higher. It was like an 87 instead of an 85 or something, but it was it was really close. And that can often have an impact, I think. Um, yeah. So maybe like if someone's hesitating between the two, pick the one with the slightly higher like cutoff so that it would be easier to go the other way. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say that though, because take the one that you feel you are going to feel the best in. And I know that's a very difficult, like that's a hard thing to say. And I get it because I was going through the same thing, but it's like, don't, it's and like university. It's not a strategic gameplay. It's not like what, like it's going to be what you are, what is your choice now? You know, it's not going to be like, what's your choice in 10 years? And also in engineering, once you graduate with an engineering degree, you can work in many different career paths. I could end up working in an environmental career path rather than a mechanical. And it's just because the way that they, that they structure the courses and stuff, they're very much the same. And you will basically learn 
the basics of all the different engineering courses. I'm right now taking an electrical course, but you will have all those basics once you graduate. So it's go with what you want and go with what you think is going to make you, is going to, yeah, is going to, you're going to enjoy the most and what you're going to find the most interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you definitely biased in this as an engineering student, but I want to ask, I feel like engineers have a reputation for like either boasting or complaining about how much work they have to do. Do you think that there's actually more work as an engineering student than in other programs? Well, again, I'm an engineering student, but considering (laughs) I was um, rooming with somebody who was not in engineering, I would say so. Yes. Oftentimes I was going to bed um, an hour, maybe two after. But I think it's, yeah, I think there is a lot more work involved. And it's just because the work, I don't, I don't think that the workload is higher. I think just the, the amount of things that you need to think about is higher. So calculating trusses is probably going to take a lot longer than, I don't know, writing a paragraph for an essay. It's just that kind of thing. Like not necessarily, you know, depending on the essay, but, um, but because there's like so many like different things and I don't know, it's really taxing. I, I'm going to say that it's taxing to calculate trusses for three days, you know? <laughs> Clearly the trusses had an impact on you. <laughs> Clear, the trusses did have an impact. There was a lot of them. And if you got one wrong, you had to recalculate the whole thing. <laughs> oh so, my God. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, how did you do your homework? Was it like out of a textbook or online? I mean, now it's online probably, but. Well, yeah. Um, in my first year, most of mostly everything was um, textbook oriented, and we used a program called Mastering in Engineering, which is where you do like a whole bunch of assignments and stuff. And w- there was a lot of assignments too in um, in engineering. Like we get weekly assignments and stuff. Still now, I, I get weekly assignments, and, um, and of course, depending on your course and stuff. But it's just to keep that your mind fresh and like going. And so it was mostly out of the textbooks. Sometimes we'd get online resources, but yeah. Yeah. Um, how many classes are you in at a time if you follow the pattern like you're supposed to? So if you follow the engineering tree, I think in my first year I had six courses. Mind you, one of the courses was uh, like an online course. It was just like you watch a video and they answer some questions. So it wasn't really like um, – it wasn't like a sit down lecture course. And then now I'm taking five courses each semester, which is still quite a bit. Yeah. It's still a heavy workload. Yeah. Definitely. Do you find that with all that stuff, you still have time like to get involved at Carleton? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, definitely. And I think within the engineering community, there is a very big understanding of the amount of work that, everybody has and the amount of stress that everybody's under um, because I don't know, like probably everywhere else too, but in engineering specifically, I felt that. So there, you know, if you want to get involved with the musical and you have to take like a, like if you can't come to rehearsal one day because you have a project due, it's, you know, super understandable and you can still find time to do those things. And I highly recommend that you do because it's such a stress reliever and it really helps like to get to that zen place what kind of (laughs) what kind of ways do you know about to get involved so i mean there's a million and one clubs at carlton there's a lot um you can if you're interested in something go for it there's a whole bunch of clubs that you can join 
And most of those clubs have Facebook groups and stuff that you can um, join ahead of time before going to Carlton, and they'll often post, like, all their information, when their info sessions are, and stuff like that. And then just within um, the engineering community specifically, there's we have this lounge called Leo's Lounge, uh, which you can volunteer at if you'd like. And we have a whole bunch of different clubs within engineering. So we have um, CSCS, which is the Carleton Student Engineering Society. And so you can help. And, and they're basically the liaison between uh, us, the students, and then the, um, the higher-ups within engineering. <laughs> so like the dean and stuff. And then we also have like Engineers Without Borders and all that stuff. So you can just become a member and just go out to their events. What about to. what about athletics wise? I mean, a how's the gym, and b getting involved with athletics. <laughs> athletics is great too, and the gym is pretty good. Um, there's a lot of different machines. There's weights if you want to do more of that. There's a whole bunch of treadmills, bicycles, um, all that fun stuff. Do you get a lot of different? Do you get a free pass as a student? Uh, yes, you do get a free pass to the gym as a, nice. free, as a student. <laughs> but for intramurals, which is a different part of athletics, um, you have to pay to be part of it, part of in, the intramurals. And the intramurals are like sports, so you can be part of the soccer intramurals team. And so you can either go in with a team already, or you can be placed into a team. And then, yeah, so then you play soccer, I like every Saturday or something and um, they have a co-ed league and then they have a women's league I think for most sports it's like that as well and yeah just go out and have a good time did you do that I did do that I, I did that in my in the first semester and the second semester it's semestered the um the intramurals are semestered would you recommend so, highly recommend it's a great way to meet people in different streams and it's er, not different streams, in different programs, <laughs> and also in different years. So in, on the first team, I was just kind of randomly sorted into a team, because I didn't really know anybody. So um, yeah, so it was a great way to meet a couple people. And I met a couple people in engineering. And then in the second team, I kind of just joined their team. They were looking for players, so went with them. And it was good. Yeah, it's fun. Cool. Um, I want to hear a little bit more about specifically mechanical engineering because I feel like we haven't talked super much on that other than first sure. year classes. Um, what are kind of the options, if there are any, within that, like to do things like exchanges, honors, co-op, stuff like that? Sure. So um, when you apply to Carleton, you can apply with the co-op option. And depending on your, I mean, uh, on your grade, it's dependent on upon your grade point average if you keep the co-op. So I think it's a 7.0 out of 12. How um, the heck is GPA calculated? Because what the heck is 12? <laughs> to be honest, I have no clue. I think it's a B minus. So like a <laughs> like a 70. Okay. The cutoff. <laughs> I'm not really. I yeah. Anyways, it's confusing. <laughs> so that's the cutoff <laughs> for um ow, for engineering uh for the engineering co-op and. So you apply to Carleton with that option. And then as you go through the years, you can either keep that option open and then you get help. Like this year, I was in co-op, so I had to do a course that was called Co-op 100 or Co-op 1000. And then we just talked about interview tips, um, applications. And then we did like a little project on like you apply to a fake job and then you get graded. (laughs) Yeah. And then so... 
for honors, it's, and this is, it's, for engineering, it's not different than any other program at Carleton. So if you have an 80, you'll get like a scholarship. And like, it's not really like honors, but it's a scholarship. Um, and that's like the automatic scholarship that you get. 80 plus, you'll get it, you know? And then other scholarships you can apply to, but that's like a separate thing. Study abroad? Oh, yes. So for <laughs> studying abroad, I tried to do an exchange this year. Um, was unsuccessful because of COVID, but they don't, it's not made for engineering students. The courses that you have to take as an engineering student are very specific, and most other universities may have courses that are similar, but you're going to have to get special approval by the department. So say I was doing a math course, I'd have to get a specific approval from the head at Carleton to be able to do a math course elsewhere. Yeah, so it's a bit more complicated to try to do study abroad as an engineer. There's more steps involved. If you're not an engineering, then it is a great it's a great program and you can there's a million and one places to choose from and yeah you said you were in co-op now how does that work in terms of like how did they help you get a job <laughs> so basically you get into this portal that's called a co-op portal and then there there's a bunch of companies that get approved by carlton and then they post their jobs there so oftentimes you can apply through that portal straight to the job that straight to the company and sometimes the company will have you go elsewhere to apply but yeah it's basically like a job board that they have and how many how many times do you do like a co-op job to like technically be a co-op graduate you know what i mean (laughs) yeah so so to have like co-op on your diploma you're gonna need to have i think it's five co-op terms so you're gonna have to do um 20 months total of co-op that's a ton that is a ton <laughs> but in your fourth if you do if you have the co-op and you're continuing on co-op throughout your years at carlton in your fourth year that whole year is going to be a co-op year you're going to be working so then you're going to actually your program will end up being five years instead of four because then on your fifth year you'll go back and then you'll do the rest of your courses which I don't think are that many. I think it's like a a big project that you do at the end of the year. Since you guys have so few electives, like you said, you had two last year and you have one coming up in a while. Do you not have a chance to add like a minor or anything? Uh, Yes, you can add minors. It's, it'll just like take a, I mean, depending on how many courses you want to take too. So I realized um, over, you know, my first year that the amount of courses that you take is really dependent on how long it takes you to graduate. So saying it's a fourth four year program will really be dependent on if you take a minor, which may take a, a year or two more because you need to have a certain number of courses to have that minor on your diploma and stuff. And especially if you're in engineering, your course load is already pretty heavy. So to add that minor is, is, it's extra. It's like a lot. So, yeah, but you can add a minor, I think, any time after your second year. Like, once you reach second year standing, you can add a minor. And it's it looks pretty simple. I haven't done it, but, um, yeah, you just go into the Carlton portal and click. I want a minor. <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> that easy. Um, what about, uh, like, support services for engineering students? Like, do you think that the school 
is offering good like in terms of like tutoring or like mental health or like any types of services that you guys have sure um i think so i we have this the um engineering i think it's called the well we have the academic support office which basically helps any student regardless of their program and they have like workshops and stuff and we also have this program called pass it stands for peer assisted study sessions so if your course is deemed as one that has a high failing rate then you can like then you'll have like a pass teacher basically and they have like weekly um study sessions where you go through and then you do like a couple exercises they'll answer a couple of your questions and that kind of thing for mental health i think it's it's a little bit different um we have the wellness center but it's not really active right now uh because of covid and stuff but that seems like a really good place to go if you ever need you know anything and we have therapy dogs at carlton which is great <laughs> so sometimes they'll they'll ha- they'll just be out in um in the quad which is one of the big areas on campus near the library and it's a big open space and they have dogs there that sometimes yeah sometimes just pop up and the engineers us engineers we have a very a very cute therapy dog of our own forget what his name is but he did show up in one of my classes last year which made my that class 100% better yeah <laughs> i'm sure um oh i just remembered a question that i thought of a really long time ago you were talking about um kind of i don't even remember how you've put it but like designing things like in a software program i'm totally butchering this yes that um yes because you guys do stuff like that do you need any fancy equipment to be an engineering student like other than just a regular laptop um you don't really need that much equipment for engineering drawing you are going to need specific tools so you're going to need like a compass a, a protractor triangles French curves, but I never really used French curves. So if you're listening to this, I don't recommend you buy it <laughs> because it's not really, it's not going to do anything. Um, so yeah, but like once you get to that course, which I got all that equipment um, in my first year for 1054, uh, which is like the drawing course and the programs that you are going to be using, Carlton has like a special, I, I guess, account or something. So you get actually get free educational access to it for however long that period is. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's nice. So stuff. you just need a computer with space. Yeah. Because those programs take a lot of space. I also realized that I did not actually answer your question about class sizes. So um, the classes, my smallest class, which was like the E-Core 1053, or, or the one that was specifically mechanical engineering, was probably 100 students. So most of my other classes were, you know, I, I'd say 200 students, um, yeah, for most of my classes. So they were pretty big lecture halls. And we, I think we were one of the first classes into one of the new lecture halls, and it was really big. Was yeah, it really one of those ones, like, so many university lectures that just has the stupid little armrest as your desk? It wasn't. It oh, had like so really lucky. big long benches. Oh, that's which was so phenomenal. Nice. Yeah, I great. hate the armrest. <laughs> I'm such a grudge against the armrest. Oh man, that armrest is rough. It's so rough. <laughs> but yeah, anyways. Um 
changing the subject, um, (laughs) I want to hear about kind of the social life, party life (laughs) that goes on at Carlton. Oh, also, I want to hear about school spirit, because I know that there's such a thing as this panda game that goes on between U of O and Carlton. Panda game. Here's the tea about the panda game. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. We have... So we have a rivalry with Ottawa U. Yeah. Or U Ottawa, whatever you want to be called. (laughs) Um, And um, anyways, so they're the GGs. We're the Ravens. Personally, I think that Ravens are better. But like, you know, everybody has their opinions. Of course. And we have a yearly football game that happens at the TD Center. And um, it's quite early in the day. But um, it's still a riot. If <laughs> if you get woken up really at really early hours of the morning with a shot, be forewarned because <laughs> it might happen. Yeah. So um, so yeah, it's a great it's a great game. And um, actually on on my pan, on my first panda game, which was last year, this year I don't think they had one. It might have been virtual, but anyways, Alex Trebek actually did the coin toss. So that was, it was really cool to see. Yeah. Um, yes. And so the social life at Carlton is pretty good. Um, the engineer, the engineers are kind of like a separate little cohort yeah. um, to the rest of the school. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll keep that up for the, um, for the newbies coming in. You're going to have to discover it for yourself. But the engineers <laughs> kind of have their own social life, social circles. Yes. We, yeah, we have our own little get-togethers and stuff. Very exclusive. And Sprott, the, the business school kind of has their own little get-togethers. And then everybody else just kind of clumps together. <laughs> All the other people. <laughs> All the other people. But yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you're on res, you can often find uh, a fun place to, to go, hang out in somebody's room, you know, whatever it is. And yeah. Yeah. And we're also, we're not that far away from downtown or from Gatineau. Um, so I think it's, you just take the number seven bus to downtown and yeah. And oftentimes there's like apartments and stuff that are pretty close to Carlton. And when the O train was working, it was perfect. It was like one stop anywhere at, yeah. Do you get a bus pass as a student? Yeah, you do. It comes with the cost of, uh, Carlton (laughs) tuition. So, so yeah, you do get a bus pass and yeah, you can basically go anywhere and it works for the O train as well so would you say how close would you say you are to downtown so I don't know I'd say say it was like probably like a to get right close to like parliament downtown like the Byward Market it was probably like a a 10 minute bus ride but you're also you're not that far away from Bronson either so you can just basically it's like I'd say like it's a 20 minute walk to Bronson at least from my residence um, so it was like a 20 minute walk to Bronson and there's a lot of fun things in Bronson too. So how yeah. would you, how would you summarize downtown Ottawa as like a city to someone who's never visited? Um, downtown Ottawa is, I mean, right downtown Ottawa, it's great. Like it's a lot, it's, it's pretty, um, it's a, it's a fun time and Gatineau, it's not that far away either. So, you know. What's in Gatineau? Depending on how old you are. What's in Gatineau? (laughs) What's in Gatineau? Clubs for people that are not 19 yet. (laughs) True. Um, Because the legal age in Quebec is 18, for anyone that doesn't know. It's 18, yes. Uh, So, so yeah, I mean, in Gatineau, there's, I mean, and there's also the Gatineau Hills, if you're really into outdoorsy things, 
which is fun. And downtown Ottawa is, has a pretty fun, interesting... Like, they have a lot of, like, alleyways and stuff, which are pretty cool. They can just, like, walk down. <laughs> okay. Um, what about the Carleton campus itself? Like, you talked a bit before about how it's, like, at the river and the canal. Like, what is the actual yeah. campus like? So, it's basically... It's, it's kind of like a little island. We're basically surrounded by water on all sides. Um, except for, you know, we're actually going in, which is really nice. So on campus, like it's like a two minute walk from the canal. When I was in res, I would literally just take my skates and be like, Hey, like talk to my friend and be like, Hey, do you want to go skating on the canal? And we just go like, it was that easy. And we're also really close to the locks and stuff. So if you're ever having like, oftentimes I get out of, ex- out of an exam and I just go down there and just sit there for a little bit. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty nice campus. There's not really, like, old buildings. So if you're really into, like, that um, dark academia, I guess, <laughs> is what it's called. I'm not really sure if that's the thing. <laughs> but if you're into that kind of thing, you, you're not going to find it at Carleton. Most of the buildings are new. And it's a pretty young, I guess, university. So, yeah. Yeah, but it's really... So it's really not, like, mingled with other buildings like it's a super separate isolated campus yeah it's a very separate thing like I don't like they're like on the Carleton campus there's not a single other building that is owned by like anybody other than Carleton nice yeah okay yeah um so if you don't mind me asking do you have any regrets about how you did like your university decisions or like going to Carleton or your program or anything um no I don't think I do I think it was the right choice at the right time and I think I mean I was I think I was pretty sure about what I wanted at the time and of course I mean that kind of changes with um age and with you know life and stuff but I think it was the right choice at the right time and I think that Carleton was the the good place for me I applied to a couple other schools and I don't know Carleton just was the one (laughs) okay do you have advice for people who are considering Carleton or just considering mechanical engineering um so I guess for people considering engineering I guess any engineering um really look at your look at the different programs like really go in depth because I was in between a couple different programs I was mostly in between civil and mechanical and I kind of flip flop between the two for the longest time I mean you, it's I know it's kind of a tough decision, and I did say before you don't really have to lock in because you it might change in the future. But do study something that you want to study that is interesting to you. And yeah, I got into mechanical just because I like cars and I wanted to learn more about them. And I and you know I kind of thought that that was the way to go. So you know you everybody has their own reasons for picking their engineering, but choose one that actually interests you. Or else your courses are just going to be really, really annoying. <laughs> annoying. And not entertaining at all. And what about for Carleton? For Carleton, again, it's a really fun university. And it is a university where students are really like, um, there is a really great community of students and a really great like student body. So, you know. Yeah, no, that's okay. You said uh, the student body is really great. I That just made me think of like, um, do you know, or have you gotten a sense of kind of how many people are from Ottawa versus from Ontario versus from the rest of Canada versus international type of stuff? Um, 
Not really. I know I know a lot of people from Ottawa that did go to Carleton. And I know that there's quite a quite a bit like quite a lot of um ex- of international students, especially in engineering. I'm not really sure about other programs, but mm-hmm. I know that there's um quite a few in engineering. And versus like outside of um Outside of Ontario, I'm not sure there's that many students, but yeah, there's a lot of students from Ontario. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess that's kind of it. If people have questions about things that we didn't necessarily cover, where do you think they should look to find that information? Well, you can definitely look up at the Carleton website, and they also have a lot of in-depth information about the different um, engineering streams and like what you study and stuff like that and the courses that you might take which is really helpful and you can also um there's also the cscs website uh if you look up carlton or student engineering society you'll probably find the website that's a great little website to see what the engineering community is up to they have a publication there like a it's called the iron times and they have a whole bunch of other fun things there yeah Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Victoria. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks again to Victoria for coming on the show. And thank you guys for listening. Like she said, you can make sure to check out the Carleton University website or the Engineering Student Society website if you guys have more questions or you want more information. You can also contact the show Um, by emailing contact.qpodcast at gmail.com. That's C-O-N-T-A-C-T dot C-U-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, requests, or if you'd like to come on the show. Finally, subscribe if you want to hear upcoming episodes where I'll be chatting with other students from other schools and in other programs.